Biomedical researchers, like all scientists, rely on data. The more accessible and standardized the data, the faster and better research can take place. That's in part the idea behind a National Institutes of Health Information Technology Initiative known as STRIDES. It stands for Science and Technology Research Infrastructure for Discovery, Experimentation, and Sustainability. For details, Federal News Radio's Tom Temin spoke with the NIH Chief Information Officer, Andrea Norris. Our STRIDES program is a key new initiative that's part of our overall program for the, called the New Models of Data Stewardship, which is uh, a trans-NIH program out of the office of the director, which is designed to enhance our ability to make biomedical discoveries and improve efficiency through new digital data management strategies. Um, what we're trying to do is to sustain and develop and sustain a more modern biomedical data ecosystem that we have described in our recently released NIH Strategic Plan for Data Science. We're very excited about that plan. This is the first time we've we've had a plan of this type. And what we've watched over uh, the last uh, number of years is this incredible growth, as we've seen in other areas, of the growth of biomedical data. When we, uh, uh, NIH's mission is really to uh, advance fundamental knowledge about living systems and nature and apply that knowledge to extend life uh, and healthy life and to reduce illness and disability. And the cost, uh, with, the, with the advances in technology, the cost to generate and be able to uh, study and learn from this, uh, these vast amounts of data has gone down dramatically uh, through the advances in technology. Sure. Just uh, 15 years ago, we, it cost the Human Genome Pro Project cost more than $3 billion in 10 years to do it. In 2010, eight years ago, it was $10 million to complete a DNA sequence. Now it's less than $1,000. So we're able to generate these vast amounts of data coupled with advances in electronic health record, imaging data, uh, and other types of biomedical data. And, uh, and so we've been looking at strategies and ways to make it easier uh, for our researchers that uh, we fund around the country and around the world to find uh, the, the data that's been generated to date, to be able to access that, to be able to use that, uh, and to uh, be able to, uh, to accelerate discoveries. Now, the NIH has all these many institutes that do their own research, and then you've got grantees, and I guess you've answered the question. This covers data both generated by grantees and by NIH itself? Yes. When we talk about the biomedical research ecosystem, we're talking about our national uh, ecosystem. NIH funds about 300,000 uh, researchers a year, and, and we have a rich intramural research program here on uh, campus where uh, uh, state-of-the-art biomedical research is conducted as well. And so our initiatives to make this data uh, more accessible and more usable and more cost-effective are, are uh, focused at both our NIH researchers and all of our NIH-funded researchers around the world. And is one of the challenges that data might come in in many different formats and styles from these different domains and Sometimes they have cross-domain value, and so somehow it has to be equalized so that it is usable and accessible by, by anybody. Yes, 
And so the curation, collection and curation of data is one that we invest heavily in. And so there's, uh, as part of our data science strategic plan, uh, we are uh, absolutely looking at new models and methods and approaches and tools to uh, uh, find better ways to harmonize standardize and make that data interoperable as well. Uh, and as you as you know, the you know, we we really focus on community driven standards, meaning the the research community. And so we have a, a number of standardization activities and um, models and approaches for making that data, our data, and more interoperable and usable and reusable and sustainable. And so we're constantly doing some experimentation and research into the best methods and approaches and tools to do that. We're speaking with Andrea Norris. She's the NIH Chief Information Officer. Do you envision some sort of a, I guess, repository of authoritative data sources, maybe almost a data hub that will eventually result from this effort? Yes, so we have already many data, uh, large-scale and moderate-sized uh, scale data repositories that we support, um, invest significantly to support those initiatives. But what we've watched over the last few years are the advances in certain programmatic areas uh, of these really large, big data sets. So, for example, we have our All of Us program, which is a precision medicine initiative where we are uh, looking to enroll a million participants uh, to in a program o- over to some to share and contribute their genomic data, their environmental data, uh, their clinical uh, information to help us. Uh, do more research in a very diverse population to understand how we can prevent chronic pain affecting, you know, more than 100 million people each and every day, or better yet, develop better pain meds that aren't addictive, to develop better treatments or prevent diabetes, to slow or stop dementia, uh, to uncover cancer cures that will work the very first time. We have our HEAL initiative, which is our initiative to help end addiction long-term. Our Cancer Moonshot program has built a national cancer data ecosystem that has unbelievable information about uh, a wide range of uh, genetic information about cancer tumors and other kinds of critical data that is uh, so important to our advances in cancer research. Um, We have our brain initiative, which is looking to really understand in a a deeper and richer way uh, how our uh, human brain works and to map that similar to how we've mapped the human genome. So these are exciting areas of research and discovery. And uh, and so it's really important to us to, to come up with better strategies to 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 make it easier for these programs and our researchers to be able to access data. We believe the cloud is a key player in in that data ecosystem infrastructure, and we are excited to be in a position to partner more with um, not only just academic partners, but also industry uh, who are have. Uh, the ability to offer us, you know, the state-of-the-art, most advanced, most cost-effective computational infrastructure and tools and services. And that's really what Strides is about. And sure, how will you be choosing the cloud suppliers? Is this going to be something like a 
an IDIQ contract you hope to establish, or how will you get the cloud uh, capacity? We've already uh, made awards uh, to both Google and to Amazon Web Services. Those are our our first, Um, and we expect to continue to establish these kinds of innovative partnerships. These are actually partnerships that we're working on. when, when we talk about this, we talk about going down this experiential journey. Uh, we are looking not only at how can we reduce uh, the cost barriers to our researchers, researchers to be able to move their data into cloud platforms, to be able to um, have the tools and training they need to understand what changes it may have on their algorithms and analytic tools that they've developed. Um, so we're really looking to reduce those economic and technological barriers. Uh, we're working with provide these providers to help do focused training uh, with our community to make sure uh, the researchers have the knowledge and tools and understanding. Uh, we're starting with our biggest data sets, uh, making sure that they are under the fold of the STRIDES uh, initiative. So our uh, cancer uh, genomic data sets, uh, the vast array of data resources that we have at the National Library of Medicine that are all public access and researcher access, um, in some cases controlled access data sets for um, uh, for biomedical researchers and bioinformatics work, uh, and our uh, TopMed uh, initiative, which is, uh, again, another very large-scale uh, precision medicine is- initiative. Uh, as we get those uh, moved into the STRIDES agreement, we'll continue to move more and more of NIH-funded mm-hmm data sets and um, open uh, these uh, these data sets. They're already open, but make them widely accessible to uh, researchers um, around the world. Now, if someone needs a data set, say, that's in the Google Cloud and another one that's in the Amazon Cloud, will all of that data transfer and access be, I guess, transparent to the users and yes. to the people posting? That's exactly our uh, objective. And so that's a little uh, easier said than done. We're it sounds finding. like it, yeah. Uh, and so uh, our Data Commons uh, pro initiative, which is uh, a sister to the Strides initiative, has been, we have been, we just completed our phase one study of that, and uh, we're moving into phase two. This is where we really worked with a variety of consortium of academia and industry to take three particular data sets and to really look at what are the aspects that we need to have a common framework for for um, uh, a, a set of platforms that allow for that kind of seamless discovery and seamless use. And so we formed teams looking at not only the technology platforms, the middleware that was needed, but also some of the tools and approaches. Um, So looking at the variety of aspects, identity and access management, uh, best ways to, uh, to to work the data models, to do the storage, to do the uh, APIs, what are fair principles, workflow management, digital objects, 
adopted in data standards and ontologies. So we're learning a lot from that initiative. We, we are uh, incorporating that into our overall activities in the data science uh, arena. We're also, of course, learning from our uh, kind of front-running large, large data programs, data-intensive programs like the uh, cancer um, initiatives, like the All of Us program, uh, they are paving a path forward as well. So um, uh, trans NIH kinds of initiatives and then some very program-specific initiatives, really looking to learn to see how we can best implement this seamless interoperable environment to really accelerate discovery. We're speaking with Andrea Norris. She's the NIH Chief Information Officer. And what are the cyber and privacy implications of this? Because much of that data may have HIPAA requirements attached to it. Yes. So some does. Uh, a lot of the data that we have is is, is not is you know, public access, public domain type of data. But we take uh, the privacy and security very seriously. We have some of our genomic data in particular is controlled access data. And so we have been working uh, very carefully to make sure that uh, uh, we have layers of controls, both from our business process as well as technology processes, to make sure that only the you know the right researchers are able to get to the data for the right purposes at the right time, uh, and consistent with the consent agreements that people who have contributed that data uh, have have agreed to. Uh, and so uh, much of our data, the vast majority of our data, if it's uh, tied to individuals, is de-identified before it even comes to NIH. So. Um, so, but with that said, we spend and invest a lot of attention and effort into making sure that the both the privacy and the security of an individual's data is paramount in everything we do. And how are you getting the two cloud providers to play nice together? Because, you know, in the public sphere, they compete tooth and nail. They do compete, but I think what we're seeing is it's in everyone's best interest to, to make it uh, you know, easier for people to use their platforms and technologies in a way that that doesn't lock one in. I, I think what our objective is to make sure that we're providing, um, you know, the the kind of uh, uh, leading capabilities, but but to make sure we have multiple, uh, you know, platforms and offerings. We want uh, the research community to drive to the platform or uh, environment that works the best for what they're doing. We're, we're not going to prescribe that. And so that's a really important tenet of our program is to have multiple uh, providers. We'll, we'll also continue to add partners as we look more into particular biomedical research um, uh, software suites and other kinds of things, not just uh, the, you know, the underlying infrastructure. Now, a lot of federal cloud users or potential users worry about the I.O. costs of putting data in, pulling it out so much, because often the charges are per I.O. at some data unit. How do you structure the contracts such that you can have some control or at least some predictability to the costs? Yeah, so part of our um, uh, agreements with the uh, providers are to help us reduce some of those costs 
given the sheer volume of usage uh, and users that we would be bringing to the table across the country. Uh, these arrangements extend to our funded 2,500 research and academic institutions, and as I said, the 300,000 researchers. Um, but the other piece to this is um, we believe the the data that we're talking about in most cases, at least what we're starting with first, are incredibly large, complex data sets, and it it's not going to be cost effective for people to download that data. We really expect people to researchers to bring their tools, bring their compute, bring their ancillary data to the environments and to the data sets in the cloud. And so part of what we're doing under the Strides Initiative is really working through those business processes of how do we work that, uh, those cost models, uh, given most of our activities here are funded through research grants. Uh, and so that's part of our experiential journey in looking at how do we how do we work the just the fundamental accounting and and payment and billing for those kinds of things for our national researchers. And finally, I can smell a lot of application programming interfaces cooking back Absolutely. there in the kitchen. Absolutely. They're critical. Uh, we believe that is absolutely critical, is coming up with, uh, you know, good standard APIs. That's fundamental uh, and has been a big area of focus for our data commons initiative, where we're looking at what are the components that we need to have uh, some some best practices and standards around. And so we are investing heavily in, in the, the kinds of both the framework for APIs as well as the APIs themselves. 